0: And welcome to episode 70 of the World Wide Shels pod. It's your host, Matt, and I am joined by two wonderful guests, two regular guests. We're going back to the old gang once again. And I'll start with my
1: co-host, Marv. How are you doing, my brother? Uh, I'm doing well, cannot complain. I'm alive, breathing, and full of golden
0: trophy success. Yeah, well, I, I'm kind of doing two and a half of that at the moment. The breathing, a little bit. It'll be iffy at the moment, but we'll. we'll, we'll
2: I'm Live sure I'll life.
0: mention that at some point. In the fast lane, I was going fast. So I mean that that is is you was true. I was going into the fast lane. I was just kind of pushed out the fast lane. Yeah,
1: uh, Ando oh, Jensen Ball, not looking good for Jensen Ball, is it? Ah, uh, it's more <laughs> like Lewis Ball. <laughs>
0: But uh, and we'll we'll move on to our next guest, uh, regular guest. He is the what he is the trigger. You are the triggered. It's Jester's,
2: How are you doing, my friend? Yeah, everybody's number one person to hate. I'm back again. Haters sit down. We got a cup in the cabinet. Uh, you know, for Villarreal, it must have felt like you know some somebody punched him right in the ribs. Matt, how's that like? How's it feel? <laughs> Ah uh, well, I, guys, I I am just going to explain it straight off
0: the bat. All these little subliminals that the lovely guests have been teasing with me, me with. Uh, so basically, yesterday I went karting as I usually do. I did quite well, qualified eight out of twenty-four, which was pretty good for me. Uh, and within the first lap, I went around the final corner, and some fat fuck number twenty-five decided to ram me straight into the wall um which to put it into context I went so fast into the wall I dented the wall and damaged the cart and basically I have two cracked ribs on my left hand side so if I start coughing or if I very much start struggling to breathe Marv will quickly take over um but you know even if I'm crippled half died half dead I'm still here bringing you content, so everyone respect my work rate. Um, you'll probably hear a load of rib jokes and carting jokes throughout these by these two jokers, but we'll we'll we'll, we'll see how we get on. Um, so, moving on to the stuff that really matters, the Chelsea pop, Chelsea stuff. We'll start with the Super Cup, our first competitive game of the season, and we win our first trophy after. What was a bit of nerves, uh, a very happy performance, but also very unhappy at the same time. Game of two halves. Um, Marv, what was your reaction to winning the Super Cup for the first time in 23 years?
1: Well, I I remember winning. I remember uh, when they won the last one. Um, It was very nice. I, I feared the worst when we conceded that goal. And then when we missed the first penalty, I thought it was over. Um, I was very nervous just in time before the penalties. My jumper finally arrived with the two stars above the logos. I put that on despite being in Mexico, and when it finished, I was sweating. I was extremely happy they managed to get the win in Dramatics. And because of that, we can relax for the rest of the season, because no matter what happens now, the season will at least be a success for that. So now we don't need to worry about throwing away games in a a Carabao Cup or whatever that normally happens. And then we have to kind of do it the hard way at the end of the season. Um, so, yeah, extremely happy. Could not be happier with the the recent success. Uh, loving it all at the moment could not be better.
0: Perfect. And, Jester, ha- how did you uh, find that game? Was you, was you the same as Marv?
2: Yeah, I just wanted to dub you. I really did. It was uh, <clears throat> not the prettiest thing I've ever seen, you know. But, uh Sometimes if you're the you know if you're not at your best, you have to go home with not the prettiest girl in the bar at the end of the night, right? So we've all been there. Sometimes you have to jump on the grenade, and uh, but uh, you do what you have to do to get that W. Bring the cup home, and that's what we did.
0: Yeah, I mean it was it was one of them ones where we had a brilliant first half. Start was absolutely fantastic, and then. We The second half, I, I still don't really know what it was. I think there's a number of reasons it could have been, but we just didn't come out the same. Villarreal took advantage of that, and we made it a bit hard for ourselves Uh play an extra, six, extra 30 minutes of football, which for some was probably a bit beneficial, for some others probably not. And we had to do it the hard way, but uh, fantastic to get a trophy. And as Marv said, we now we can now relax and say we've we've got at least one trophy in the season, and we can for the as you said for the Carabao Cups for even the FA Cup we can just not worry about getting knocked out of them cups because we have still got at least one cup. We should have two with the Club World Cup, and then we can at that point we can just focus on the big competitions and try and get a treble or a quadruple and just laugh in the faces of Man City that've been trying for it for God knows how long with their preseason trophies and whatever um we'll start with talking about one player that was fantastic for what was it 36 minutes of the game before his horrible injury that he received marv talk to me about zesh's display and now obviously this is a we're recorded a few days after we know a bit more about the injury but how did you feel around when he got the injury
1: Very uh, unfortunate. It was a bit very sad about it because he'd really been playing well in preseason. And he's definitely the guy for an important goal. Um, Like, he scored a lot of important goals towards the back end of the season. It's a shame because he's looking fitter, he's looking faster. And hopefully this will be uh, a better season for him. Because if you remember, he was uh, injured quite a lot the last season as well, especially when he started getting it uh, going. So, yeah, very bad. But hopefully it'll only be two weeks and he'll be back. Let's hope it will only be one or two weeks and he will be straight back in, hopefully
0: yeah, and just as how, how did you rate his performance overall did you obviously i know you're to some people think you're very critical of the but I know you just like to report the news and you know what's going on so i I know you like the as a player but what what did you think of his performance and then what do you think of the injury
2: well he's a he was the uh, best tacker on the attacker uh, on the pitch problem being he was the best attacker we had on the pitch for the entire game and he only played 35 minutes. So uh that's that is, that is a problem. Uh you know the injury unfortunate um but if you look at his knee injury in the preseason against Brighton last year it wasn't there wasn't much in it, right? And it, it kept him out for a while. So um you know i i don't think he's the most physical player in the world Uh, you can tell that by his build and uh yeah you know i just hope for a fast speedy recovery you know you want to go into to have to have all your players have all your tools have all your weapons in the arsenal as as long as possible for as many games as possible and of course he is a weapon um whether or not he would have been a, a nailed on starter I still don't. I still don't believe he would be. Uh, I still think that uh, that uh, Kai Havertz would be over him. And uh, it's but it's unfortunate. You never want to see a good player with, with, that can bring you something different get hurt. And lo and behold, it did.
0: Yeah, I'm just I'm just currently watching the Spurs Man City game, and some of the Spurs players look like they've won a cup final at the moment. Well, that's Bloody. the closest they're going to get to one. <laughs> Timpot Club. I mean, yeah. it's done. It's done. A, it's done. As a good result, but Timpot Club. So, son, stop celebrating. It's only. It's, it's only one game. It's
1: the it's only time he turns up at the beginning of the season. You won't see him after January.
0: Yeah, definitely. Anyway, I mean, yeah, I mean, Jester's kind of put onto it perfectly. Um, we've obviously is most of the injuries he's getting. He's not. It's not like there've been ruthless challenges or something you'd expect an injury to come from. He does seem to be quite light rate. Um Marv, but I mean both of you, do you think are you worried about the fact that he does look a bit lightweight and he does look like he's yeah. liable to pick up an injury?
1: It is a concern. This I mean, thankfully this isn't the biggest time for a concern quite a lot of playing which means we don't use one of those kind of uh, kind of forward-thinking players in the, that position anymore. But um, it's it definitely a bit of a concern, because not, not mainly for the injuries, but the fact he's the most creative player I think we actually have. Um, without him, every single attack goes on the overlap and the cross, and, and I'm not sure against really, really good teams that we'll get so fortunate with that, like we did in the game the other day. And again, the lack of the lack of one v one players, and the lack of like players who play the ball in between the lines, uh, especially in the final third, is a a slight concern at this point for me. I think. Yeah. Yeah. And, Justice, would you agree?
2: Well, I, I think it would be a bigger concern if we we were depending on him for to be the number one creator in the starting squad and to play high minutes i don't think that's the case um i think that that you're they're going to look more to to mason mount and kai havertz uh whether people agree with that or not whether i agree with that or not uh i think that's where it's gonna what it's gonna be um and yeah of course you had the focal point now of big rom coming in so you know, that's the one, probably the one position that you would, if we're, if an injury were to happen, that would be the one area or position grouping in the team, in the squad right now that we can, we could do, we could have an injury and still probably not miss and beat. you know, because there's so much depth and quality in those positions. It's, it, you know, I just hope that uh, it doesn't uh, happen to the midfield because. That's what we're really really lacking in quality and depth. So, uh, yeah, that's my take on it.
0: Yeah, I agree. I think the way with Ziyech, I think you're going to just have to expect that there is going to be some injuries that are going to affect them. Um, And you're just going to have to be mindful of that going forward. But obviously, we have got a range of attacking talent now. So we do have the space for players to get injured I mean we know Pulisic does seem to pick up a few injuries from time to time so obviously he's another one that could get injuries but you've got plenty of talent to replace them I and if they're fingers we need them to be all firing and making sure that they're ready to step up when they need to because some some players are not going to get a lot of time, game time and they need to be prepared to come in when they're called upon rather than coming in and not performing like some uh, wingers have done in the past. Um, Obviously, Marv, you haven't been on for a couple of weeks, so I know you're not exactly the biggest fan of Romelu Lukaku, but just give me your thoughts of him coming to... uh, how you think it's going to help the team.
1: Well... um... The, the way that he, we'd expect it to help the team is that the biggest problem, in my opinion, uh, well, the biggest problem is we don't score enough goals. And the obvious thing is that he statistically everywhere he's played scores a fair amount of goals. So hopefully it's as simple as putting two pieces of Lego together to build a slightly bigger de- Death Star. But it's unsure because I also thought that that probably would have happened with Timo Werner when we did it the previous season we um, didn't score enough goals the season before and that was when we were going gung-ho and forgetting what defending was under Lampard um, and that didn't happen so it's not a case of Plonka a guy who scores a lot of goals in the middle of a team like this uh, is a team that largely plays it's, it's a skills team it's a team that moves the ball fast it's stuff I don't think Lukaku really suited uh, however what he does offer is the hold-up. Uh, when we've got someone who can hold it up, we don't have that. Even Giroud wasn't that good at hold-up. So we've got someone that can do that and hold the ball kind of in the final third, it allows runners in behind. And when you've got people like Polišic, who's quite good off the run, you've got people like Havertz who could get in behind and get some finishes, in, and, and especially Werner whose main thing about his game is sit on the shoulder and go through. Um, it could add another dimension to the way that we play instead of going on the break or doing the overlap. It also gives us an extra option when we put crosses in on the byline. Um, something that we were really bad at last season was when we got to the line and put a really good cross into the six-yard box, absolutely no one was there. Um, I think, like with Lukaku, somebody's quite good in the air is good because unless Giroud played, none of our attackers are good in the air. Um, so it does add potentially good things, there is a potential for more numbers, there's a potential for a more aerial threat and there's the potential for much improved hold-up play, which hopefully will give another dimension to the team, we hope
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I, I do hear what you're saying in terms of both the positive and negative, I mean you're probably very similar to me in terms of my opinion I, I know from watching Lukaku for both club and for Belgium that there are just some weaknesses to his game, and my my biggest concern is when you need him the most in the big games, he tends not to turn up. Which, to be fair, I, I someone said to me the other day, probably not the biggest concern because it's not our problem. is not scoring. It's not for scoring at the big games. It's scoring against the small teams, and the yeah. loves to do that. So maybe maybe in that way, might fit
1: us perfectly. Maybe- it might be slightly overstated. If you um, kind of look at some of the... You know, he has scored... He scored in some of the, the finals he's played, hasn't he? He's got a couple. I mean, he scored in the, the Europa League. Well, he scored twice if you count the own goal, which got Severe back into the game. Um, but he scored there. I know he, he scored in the, the Milan game that took them a bit higher at the top the other season um i hope really do worry about the big uh you know the big moment thing um i've long noticed that he doesn't perform in these these games um i really hope it can change i hope the club know what they're doing and i hope there's enough other big game players that can also carry that but uh you know it's i think there are positives and hopefully those positives will be enough to carry us to more success yeah definitely
0: i think we'll just have to wait and see to see how it goes how He fits in the team and how Tuchel maybe slightly alters his tactics to fit Lukaku the best and fit this new team that we're trying to build Um, but we'll get we'll we'll finish on Lukaku because we've spoken up about Lukaku in the last few few podcasts and people probably get a little bit bored of it by now Um, but we'll just talk about obviously that second half the first half was brilliant even the ten minutes where Zesh come off, we were okay. That second half, we just come out and we just we wasn't good at all. Villarreal were getting the chances, getting more ball, more of the ball, um, and then obviously they got their goal, which it was a good goal, maybe a bit lucky with deflection um, as well, but it's also some mistakes on our part. Um, jesters, what 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 were what for you went wrong? Because I've, I've heard a lot of different answers from a lot of different people. So what do you think went wrong in that second half?
2: Well, we it started going wrong once we started bringing in uh, players that maybe this was their first first game time. Uh, I don't care who you are. If it's your first game time of the preseason, you're not going to do everything correctly. Um, so before the goal, there was a miscommunication between I believe it was Polisic and, and uh, um, Jorginho there in the middle where the ball was given away. We did, re- we did get it back and was given away again. So, yeah, when you're playing at a certain level and you have players come in that, you know, just by the sure fact that they don't have the game time underneath their belt in the preseason, you come into a higher-intensity game, so that's a bigger jump than going in just to a regular preseason game. Because this was a preseason game with a cup on the line. Not, not a dinner plate. To Arsenal fans who might be watching this. It's not a dinner plate. So they're not the same. One's a cup, one's a dinner plate. Um <clears throat> So I think that's where it started. Um, You could probably say that Villarreal. Probably upped the tempo a little bit in the second half. They're a little bit more on the ball. Trying to trying to get back the goal that they, they needed. Um But. You know, go in too harshly on the players. Again, that's a preseason match. I'm not going to. In the end, we pulled it out. We just we came a little bit on part uh, apart. Maybe a little fatigue set set in. Um, and uh, yeah, we. You know, any any team that gives away the ball and their their half can be hurt. I don't care if it's uh, the best team you can think of against the worst team you can think of. If you consistently give your the ball away in your half, you will get scored upon, and that's what we did in the second half. We were just sloppy, and some of that is mental fatigue, some of it's physical fatigue. Um, but uh, I didn't see any of that in in the, in the Crystal Palace game, so I'm gonna I'm just gonna chalk it up to people getting back and getting on the you know, getting in the rhythm of of, of, of big time football again. So.
0: Yeah, I mean, Marv, would you agree with that, or do you think there's anything else that you would pick out that was wrong with the team?
1: No, I think a lot of it was fitness, uh, just uh, clunking together a team. Especially what I find crazy though is that how this cannot be arranged better in preseason. Like uh, to to go into a game where you've got to win and you've got no one ready, at least a lot of you. I, I just find it insane. Um, yeah, sure, maybe if the players that were on those trips, you know, you can understand it maybe a little bit uh with like Jorginho, for example, played every game and they won. But when you're talking about like players that didn't even play and they're on some kind of three week holiday, oh, I think it's just insane. They're being paid. You should be ready. They should have been super fit and ready to play this game. And it almost cost us. Thank God it didn't. But, you know, we, we had to play. It was a makeshift team uh, that had a very few happy accidents because of how well Trevor Jelova played um, but in general you've got to be ready
0: Yeah I agree I think it, it was it's been obviously too we all said it's been hard for him he's had what three or four groups in total with the team obviously Chelsea are a massive squad as it is with all the lone army that come back so you've got to kind of jiggle that around with players coming in and coming and going um our preseason didn't exactly have um, the best of times. Obviously, we had the Dublin game that was cancelled, so that was one less game that we played. Um, and yeah, I, I, I still I, I feel we didn't have enough games in the run up. Whereas Villarreal had a lot more. I think they played two more games more than us going into that game. So obviously, you could tell that they were going to be the more fitter team. And that's when we went into extra time. Particularly, that's what I worried about was was we really just gonna fall flat and they get back and get the final goal but luckily they didn't in the end and we went to penalties and but yeah I mean it's hard for Tuchel I think it's it's one of them things you could argue Chilwell didn't play so you could argue maybe doesn't he just doesn't deserve a holiday but at the same time I think these players through Covid have played so much sometimes so, I know it's a this he hasn't played but He's still gone through the idea of training through England, so he has kind of been at that, keeping at that level. So maybe they do deserve a bit of a rest, but you could argue maybe take a week or or two off and then come back maybe a week earlier. That would have probably made a difference because he would have probably got some game time in that Arsenal or Tottenham match. Um, But yeah, it's hard. I mean, a lot of teams are trying to figure it out. Not every team has got all their squad back, but I think the problem with us... We had so many team, so many players in the semi-final and the final of the Euros, which speaks to how good our our players are. Uh, and I think that's just unfortunately the something you have to juggle when you have good players. You know that they've got to come back late and you've got to feed them in and bring them in gradually. I mean, my issue would be if some of the lone army players were better and would actually be representable to, to play for Chelsea, you wouldn't be worrying about that so much but you've got people like Bakayoko who you can't trust against team and Ireland let alone someone like Villarreal um, but before we move off of this wonderful game this wonderful trophy game we'll mention one more name that I've kept right to the very end the penalty king the hero the 72 million pound reject as everyone calls him who came on in the last minute, saved two penalties, and was the man that kind of won us the final. Um, Marv, talk to me about Kepa.
1: Well, what a way to rescue your career. Um, I was so happy when he did it, because um, no one can really talk about the flop thing anymore, because 71 million, and I mean, he played a huge role in the Europa League. I mean, we won that penalties in the second, you know, the, the semi-final. Uh, and he also played a part in what almost was the Car- Carabao Cup one as well. I know there's the kind of unfortunate thing what happened there. but And also, I mean, coming on and making those saves, he, he won it for us. So that's two really key trophies now, even though it hasn't worked out well and he did cost a lot of money. Can't call him a flop on that just on that alone because they're two big trophies and you know he played a huge role in it. So really good for him, great that it happened. And uh, hopefully he can continue to come in and do well in some games, get some more trophies in there um, to to compare him to other, to genuine flops like Harry Maguire, who has turned up and they've got 80 million plus, 50 million of Bissaka just to come second instead of third and lose the Europa League final. I think it's, it's a massive win and I'm really glad for him as well because he deserves it as well. Obviously, it's been a tough time. So, yeah, amazing when he made those saves.
0: Yeah, I mean, Jester's was masterstroke by Tuchel. I think he... A lot I, I can imagine Twitter I mean Twitter was going absolutely mental when our last sub and Keppel was the one getting his shirt off. Um but what did you think about the whole sub? Was it Marcus a Marcus Doug stroke by Tuchel? and has Kepper kind of stopped that whole flop thing from happening, or would you say he's still a bit of a flop? Well even though I, he's done that. You
2: know, if people well, I, actually had this debate earlier on, on, on a live stream about does money, the amount you pay for a, a player, set expectations for that player? And my answer is, of course, if you don't think that paying a certain amount of money sets that expo- expectation, you're living in a fantasy world. Has he, let, uh, has he actually lived up to that contract? Probably not. I don't think you can say that with any certainty that he did. However, you can also say he's won the Europa League being the goalkeeper. He won the Champions League and he was involved in in the preliminary uh, group stages uh, matches. He's come in and played an active part in winning us the Super Cup. So, you know, that's three trophies. If you look at some of the other Seventy million plus players in the Premier League. Talking to you, Slabhead. Zero trophies, I believe. Am I correct? Zero trophy for Slabhead.
1: Zero. Um, yeah.
2: Nicola Pepe. I uh, think he's got a what? An FA Cup. One.
1: Yeah, one.
2: And really, he, he's not the driver of that team, and he's he's actually terrible as a player. Let's get it right. Um. He has all the consistency of uh, of uh, uh, skim milk, and yeah, not much there. Um. So, yeah, you if you, if you take that judgment, he's he's at least contributing to the to the team. All right. He, like I said, he's never going to live up to that price tag. We all know that, but he's not hiding in a back dark, you know, a dark alley somewhere he's he's coming out and when he's asked for perform, for the most part he's doing that under this manager i'm not going to talk about any previous manager because we all know that uh the previous manager a lot of uh the bad things that happened to the squad were on him um so you know that's that's one of those things is uh you have to understand uh the tactics being played, we have a better defense in front of our keepers right now, so they're always going to look better. So, uh, you know, props to Keppa and props to Thomas Tuchel for having the balls to substitute Edward Manatee for, for, for uh, Keppa Because had he not saved any penalties and we lost, Tuchel would be cre- questioned right now. To have the balls, to to to, to take Keppa off the bench, and as maligned as in the fan base as he is, and put him in a big situation, and have him come through. That's all you need to know about Thomas Tuchel. It just, it is. The man knows his squad, trusts his squad, and gets the best out of him. So, all praise to him, and a wonderful job.
0: Yeah, definitely. I mean, you could argue as well with the price tag thing. It was one of them things where... He had a eighteen million pound release clause six months before we bought him. And I, I think it was just one of them things he, he was never worth that price tag. And Chelsea just stupidly bought him for so high. Um and it, in in respect he probably is a twenty, thirty million pound player. Um but unfortunately that seventy two million price tag will loom over him. But as you said, Europa League, he played quite a big role in that Europa League, I remember I think it was I can't remember what team it was now, he'd done the, again, a penalty shootout against and was fantastic um, he's had moments where he has been brilliant unfortunately there is just also moments where he has been dreadful and people will pick out their moments before the positives so I am a bit more calm on Kepper. I'm not gonna put any unnecessarily hate on him I think he's he's done good for us. He's won m- multiple trophies of us. Hopefully we win the league with him as well. And he can say that he, even if he, when he leaves Chelsea, that he's had a good career and he's got what he wanted out of the English league. Maybe he goes back to Spain and looks the challenge of another team. But we'll have to wait and see for that. I think he done fantastically and might be a point where we do decide to Use him as a penalty keeper or a cup keeper in the earlier rounds. I still think, and when it comes to a final, keep him on the bench, and maybe if you have the sub, bring him on. But and keep Mendy in that starting lineup. But throughout the other parts of the campaign, I don't mind seeing Kepa because he he does he does has his weaknesses that unfortunately some of them he can't avoid, and you just have to accept that. And accept him for the player that he is. Um, but that will be the end of the great Super Cup win. And we'll move on to what was our first game of the season against Crystal Palace in the Premier League. 3-0 win, goals from Shalaba goals from Pulisic and goals from Alonso. Um, I'll start with Marv, what was your overall reaction of our first Premier League game?
1: Oh, great. Well, it's, it's nice that we, we won it so easily. It was relaxing, it gives the positive energy going, go in, and it feels great when we get it down. Oh, nice to see uh, Alonso score, I always really liked. Um, yeah, great, really happy we got the win. It was an easy game, and that's what we wanted. So, yeah, I feel great. Got a nice goal difference to start it, and hopefully this will, we can kick on.
0: Yeah, and just as, How how did you feel about the game overall?
2: Well, seeing as uh, I was on shows uh, previewing the game and we all were asked for a uh, score line, very few people said 3-0. A lot of people were worried about this game because of the 120 minutes, because uh, how we looked against Villarreal. And, you know, everybody was hand ringing over this game. Um, I think I predicted uh, 2-0 with a ballistic brace. It uh, was my prediction, I believe. It was 3-0. We never really looked in trouble, at bar one play, but Rudiger sorted that out. And, uh, yeah, I, it was a lot easier than most people thought. We, you know, And if anybody was playing a B team, I know B City's fans uh, excuse today, even though KDB did play in that game, he did come on toward the end. Uh let's be real. They should be pounding um they should be pounding spurs like uh something you might find in a, a, a in a, a jail shower. So, you know you know, you sh- you should be asking Spurs don't drop the, saying to Spurs don't drop the soap. Instead it looked like uh Man City were the ones trying to drop the soap. And uh it's it, again. We didn't play our best lineup. Six starters, you could count from that line, lineup, did not play. You got Chilwell, you got James, you got Romelu Lukaku, you got Havertz, you have Tiago Silva, you have N'Golo Kante. Okay? Just, just missing N'Golo Kante. Understand that the best at what he does in the world right now, uh, that the, the levels that he brings us when he's playing, not to have that, and to do what we did comfortably, starting a, a a first first start for for our right center back, right. It was amazing, and I expect everybody's hand ringing about Arsenal now. I expect us to go in there and smash them, and if we don't, then there's there there's there needs to be an inquest because this team has far too much talent to go lay an egg there. And you can see that on the pitch on uh, Saturday. Uh, yeah,
0: I mean, we, we were missing so many players, and it was such a good performance despite that. I mean, City Vans, what can I say? I think Tuchel has well and truly destroyed Pep. I think he's messed up his head. And Pep is still trying to recover from that. And I mean, they talk about B team, but Tottenham didn't have Kane. I'd I'd argue that is a bigger loss than Man City having two or three of their stars arguably missing from their first team. Um, but that that's just, that's one what that's just what Man City fans are. They just they don't understand the game because they're oil boys. They feed off a country, feed off a royal family. They try and they don't understand that just spending money is not going to win you European Cups. Winning European Cups is for winners. City are not winners. City are just oil oil money. But we will leave it at that and we'll move on to some of the goal scorers and their performance. Obviously, first goal came from Marcus Alonso. A decent free kick. I thought the goalkeeper could have done, well, could have at least tried to save it. Because I, didn't, I didn't think it was one of them ones where it was put straight in the top corner. It was one of the ones you probably might have got a hand to, but maybe the goalkeeper just misread it and was left on his feet. Um, Marv, what did you think of Alonso's overall performance in both the Super Cup and Crystal Palace game? And talk to me through the goal.
1: As close to a 10 out of 10 as possible. And again, he's underrated. Um, even created the move that we scored from in the Super Cup as well. He played that amazing ball down the line, uh, which released Havertz. Um, the goal was fantastic. He's a very good free kick taker. I st- I just don't get why people don't rate the player. I mean, he's, he's he's fairly okay at defending. He's good in the air. He's a goal threat. He can take free kicks. He's, he's a, If anything, and the very worst... <clears throat> he's an amazing rotational player as well and such a good player and I would have been annoyed if we had sold him. Fantastic, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, I think... See, my thing with Alonzo, I think he's definitely better than Emerson. So, for me, you sell Emerson first and then if you want to get someone better than Alonzo, you can because I think he does have these great games and does provide quite a few goals. I think he's got 24 Premier League goals now, which is pretty decent for a defender and dependent to see how long he stays here. Could be slowly creeping up on Don Terry's record. Um, But he does also when he does have a bad game, it's normally a Royal stinker, um, which obviously again, like Kepa, I think people like myself do highlight and, highlight that first before the positives. But yeah, I mean he had in the first in the super cup he was brilliant and his goal again it was good. Um Jesses, what what did you think of Alonso so far?
2: Yeah, I think uh Alonso you got to see the best of Alonso which is going forward. Uh you know, he doesn't have a reverse here. Let's get that correct. And uh, here's some thunder. When you have a, somebody on your bench and they're not a starter, I, I think we're going to agree that Chilwell's the starting left-sided wingback slash left-back on this team. Um, so what you look at in a backup is what, can he do something special? Does he have a special quality? And I think that's what Marcus Alonso has over Emerson is because Marcus Alonso going forward is far more dangerous than Emerson going forward. They're both equally weak in defense. Uh, Plus, Marcus brings the height and the heading ability. But you saw the set piece as well. So that's why when people ask the question, why aren't we getting rid of Alonzo over Emerson? One, Emerson wants to go get starters minutes, which he can do in Serie A. Two, Marcus Alonzo gives us something that we don't get. From either number one, our starting center, uh, left back, or left wing back, or to something you might need in in a pinch in the game, and Emerson doesn't bring that. Alonzo does. Fair play. He took. He saw an opportunity to impress Thomas Tuchel, and he and he did the best of it. And that's what you want from your players when they're given an opportunity. And I say given in this point, uh, which I don't like the word given you know, being used as in to certain people they should be given a chance. Well, he was given a chance because there was nobody else available to play that side, right? Emerson and Chilwell were just coming back from the Euros. So that's how he was given a chance. It was by default that Marcus Alonso was going to start, and he showed why he should still be on this team. Uh, Equally, in the Super Cup, we had somebody else that was afforded an opportunity i'm gonna say afforded for instead of given from now on and he did not take his opportunity and didn't see crystal palace so just take it for what it is
0: yeah i mean uh, i i i i just can't i can't disagree with you there i mean you're, you're everything you've said is spot on um and that you you kind of spoke about a subject that was very much touched on in the preview of this game on World Wide Chelsea's channel. I think it was a 35, 40-minute discussion on two certain players. And obviously one of them, he did start and you would argue probably silenced the haters a little bit. Obviously, I'll I will give you the floor starting with this, because you are the one that backs Pulisic all the way. So tell me about his
2: performance and his goal. Yeah, so a little bit of background on, on Christian Pulisic. I've watched him play since he was seventeen years old. Okay, so I've got a little insight. And Christian Pulisic, at his best, on form, not injured. I don't care what position you put him at, can do things that very few players in the world of football can do. He just he's amazing with the ball at his feet, um, and he can make defenders look stupid and i know that he's been injured you know this is his first his first real preseason ever at chelsea for 2 years and he's not injured now so uh you're going to see him do bits this year i believe um i know that you know even scoring a goal is not enough for some people because he still got hate in the reviews. I shouldn't say hate. He got critiqued in some reviews. He held the ball uh, onto the ball a little bit too much. Uh, you know, I don't, and and I brought up Eden Hazard's name, and I was like, well, you can't compare the two. Well, in this, you can. Eden Hazard held the ball onto the ball a lot when he was at Chelsea. He was the, the the focal point. He was the main player. He was the one making plays. Well, when you hold on to the ball, obviously there's more chance for you being dispossessed. When you're taking on two, two or more players, or even one player, most of the time you're going to get dispossessed. They get paid too. So I I, I feel that some of it's unfair. It's like oh he scored a goal, so we can't we can't uh, get on him for scoring goals. So now we've got to nitpick and find something in his game to crit- critique him on. And I would just say, look, you have one of the, the top talents in the world. Whether you think so or not, he is a top talent in the world. Enjoy him while he's here, while he's healthy. And I think he's going to remain healthy this year. Enjoy it while, while he's here, because there's not too many players that come along that can do the things he can do with the ball at his feet. So, so just enjoy. Don't don't hate. Enjoy. That's, that's all I'm gonna say about his performance. So he played well. He made the runs. He contributed to us to us winning. So no, was he perfect? No, no player ever is. But he still did what we asked him to do: put the ball in the back of his net. In the net, be influential. Be there to receive the ball. The first, the first, I think the first shot on goal on target of the game was his header. You know from a from a Marcus Alonso Dinko at the top again, making the right run, doing the right thing, so you know those people are always gonna be those people who want to hate on him, but uh I just say enjoy the talent while you have it
0: yeah, I mean you again, you're spot on with the idea that of Eden Hazard I mean. He was exactly the same. I always looked at him and thought, yes, you score the goals, but you do hang on to the ball too long. But obviously, again, as long as he's scoring, then that you that's yes, okay. You can accept that. Obviously, it's something in his game he should can improve on. But sometimes players are going to do that. Sometimes you want your players to be a bit selfish and hold on to the ball. Um, but, yeah, Pulisic got his goal. And you kind of make the same point. Another player, I think everyone can kind of guess what we're two we're talking about. Whenever he scores one goal, no matter what else he's done in that game, he's praised to the end of the earth. So I don't, see, I, I find it very hypocritical for people to do that for one player and not another. So it's one of the things. I mean, you're going to have this debate about these two players just as for the until the one of them leaves. So you, you're going to have to get used to it. And I commend you so much for. Being, being the Mr. Christian Pulisic, you you are the one that backs him to the end of the earth. But you will at the same time critique him when he needs to be critiqued. So I, I always like to listen to your opinion on Pulisic. Cause it's a joy to have. And Marv, I'll move on to you, who also what I know is a f- big fan of Christian Pulisic. Um, what did you think his performance? And what do you think? Do you think is, Do you think the hate he gets is a bit un unnecessary?
1: Yeah, massively unnecessary. It happens all the time uh, that I notice. And I think it's quite clear why it is, because people find it quite hard to imagine that an American player is is better than a majority of the English players. Um, but he actually is. And he's <clears throat> one of the few forward. I think he's the best player that we have at the team. He's better than all of the other players because he's uh, good at making space, good at exploring space. He can score goals. He can beat the player 1v1. And he's the only one in the team that can do it. infinitely better than some other players that play in his position there are people that want other players on the left side that can't even lace his boots in my opinion um and it was good again he's always good it's very rare he has a terrible game i don't think he played very well in the um super cup game but even then he did score his penalty and i mean it depends what you're expecting it seems like the expectation of what he has to do in a game is a lot higher from what people expect from someone like Hudson-Odoi who they'll expect expect like one run where he's gone around in a circle and passed the ball and that's enough for somebody to say that someone's had a great game whereas if Pulisic does that they're expecting that Liverpool dribble every every single match but no for me it's a fantastic player always backed him was really happy when he came here as the guy that I wanted so and I think he's, he's fantastic and again another great performance and again if he stays fit all the time I'll I think
0: he'll be a top five in the world player, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, it is that caveat if he'll stay fit. But I think Tuchel's done quite well to managing players' fitness and making sure they stay fit. So hopefully he does stay fit. And I do think, like Jess has said in a couple couple of pods and streams, that Christian Pulisic isn't, at the moment, a starter. He has to fight for his place. But I think... Unlike other players, I believe that he will fight for his place and make a place for himself in the team. So we'll have to wait and see how that goes throughout the rest of the season. But if we have Christian Pulisic on top form, we've got one hell of a player. I don't understand why people don't think of this and prefer other players. But it's just the way Chelsea are. We have agendas, we have Cho stands, we have Jorginho stands. I saw a comment, someone put, that saying Jorginho is... More important to the squad than Kante, and K- it's a Kante versus Kovacic yeah, like fight. And yeah. I looked at it I was like, for one, if, if it is a Kante and Kovacic fight, that fight's already won, it's just Jorginho and Kante. Kovacic ain't, ain't putting up much of a fight, but yeah, it's just you just have to put up with the agendas, unfortunately. I, I just you just learn it's not going to change no matter what manager or what players we have. But we'll, we'll move on. We'll let we'll leave the whole politic show debate because I had, I got to the point of Sadiq's the extreme. I was like, I've had enough. Don't want to talk about it anymore. And we'll leave it at that here, um, and we'll move on to another younger player that has been fantastic over pre-season and yesterday had probably one of his most memorable uh, p- memories in a football game. Trevor Shalabar, he make his Premier League debut. And scored what was a very good goal as a defender. And obviously you saw in his celebration he got a bit emotional. Um Jesters, what, what do you think about Trevor Shalab at the moment? Obviously he's playing fantastic. Do you think he is fighting he's getting a spot in his team now?
2: Well I I, I kind of wanna step back and not be so reactionary. Um he's played I've seen him play two very excellent games on defense i'm going i'm going to leave the goal uh, because defenders my I want my defenders to defend first if they give you something on offense, that's just sprinkles on top. But the base is the where i'm going to ju- judge trevor Chaliba is his defending and his ball playing ability out of the back. Which I have to say, in those two games, were top tier. Were you know I I don't you know I don't think that he any of our other center backs would have played any better. Uh, I, I'm going to say that. Does that mean he's a nailed on starter now? Like some people say, oh, we don't need Jules Schoonday, we have Trevor Chalaba. I think that's a little bit mental. Um, I think Trevor has done enough. Uh, we, if Zuma does go out, it looks like he will be going to West Ham. Hopefully, let's cross our fingers. And we have, again, Christensen and Rudiger up for contract renewal. You don't say, oh, we're just going to bring in this this academy kid who's played well. You're going to bring in a, a, a potentially world-class center back as well. Because you need the depth, you need people that can play more than one position, which uh, Chalaba and Koundé give you, plus it gives you the power to negotiate from strength when negotiating these contracts with Riddiger and with Christensen, because they can say, we have your replacements in the squad, here's the contract, sign it, or we'll find a place for you. And that not to say that they don't deserve contracts. All I'm saying is, as a business, you always want to negotiate from strength. Trevor's been outstanding. We still need to bring Kounde in, because who knows who you know if if Thiago magically looks like he's 38 this year, because he is, I think he's 37 almost 38. Well, then then you really can't use him in big time games, which, which leaves you. Three center backs, you know, if, you, if you're counting Aspie, which I don't because I think he's going to be backup right wing back this year. So you need two more center backs anyway, just in case an injury happens or if Thiago Silva suddenly looks like he's old and, and can't hack it at this level. So. Beautiful performance. You couldn't ask for anything else from from somebody who's trying to make the team. And I think with that performance, he's made the team.
0: Yeah, I mean, you you provide a good point. I mean, I keep seeing a lot of this. Um, don't get Kunde and have Shalaba, but I think it, I think we we there are areas of the team as you said. Kristen Rudiger haven't signed a new contract yet. I do expect both of them to sign a new contract, but it remains to be seen. You've got Silva, who is 38. You've got as Biluequeta, who is also aging, there isn't a lot. There, there could be some, if something. If all of these start going wrong, you're not going to have many defenders left. So I think bringing Kunde in and having Shalabar or even giving Shalabar just one more loan, in the fact that he could come back into that team and there could be two or three spaces open, is something you should look at. Um, and it is it is a very good point, um, Marv. What do you think of Trevor's? Performances in preseason, Brilliant. and do you, how, how where would you where would you want him to go from here?
1: Um, so originally, I was I didn't think he was quite there because you know <clears throat> you can always get uh, confused by preseason. But um, in the Super Cup game, at first I was like, okay, he's not doing enough attack attacking. He like maybe looked a bit nervous on the ball, but he grew into it and was fantastic with some of those last minute challenges. He was amazing in the game yesterday. Um, and how can you really go against that? If he's playing well, he's got a chance. He's good. But for me, I think he's a midfielder, isn't he? Like I shared something a little bit earlier of him playing in 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 the middle. Um, is, he, is he actually a defender? I mean, I've not really seen much of him to be honest. But he looks like a guy who's very good at carrying the ball. He can win the ball quite well. Surely that would stop our necessary need for the the DM.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's one of the, I mean, he has played in both before. I mean, I've watched, I've had the opportunity to watch him on loan as well when he was at Ipswich Town. Obviously, this was two, two or three years ago, so he was very young, but he did seem that he was not the best in midfield, and I think he started playing a bit better when he did go back into centre back. But I do think he can do a job there, whether that means. We do sure. not get a defensive midfielder, is another question. But, yeah, he's one of them players that is quite versatile and can can fit
2: a hole if you need it. Well, Something just jumped in my head, and I want your thoughts on it. Everybody's saying, you know, Chalaba says means no Koundé. We don't need Koundé now. But I'm just thinking, watching West Ham play today, are we absolutely sure that Rice was coming in to play in the midfield and not playing the right center back position and playing kind of like you see Chalaba play where the, the two outside uh, center backs are allowed to get forward and, and create and, and add to the, to the attack? Are we sure 100% we weren't looking at Rice as as doing the same thing as Chalaba's doing now. And therefore, Chalaba means we don't need any rights.
0: Yeah. I think yeah. yeah, go on, Marv.
1: No, I think that's valid. I, I am definitely on the pro-Kundi thing. I think he really adds a lot to the team because uh, he's great at driving the ball forward. His passing range is sublime. Um, I think that he would be a very good signing at 22 years. Um, and I, I think we've got to get Zuma out the door as quick as possible. But uh, the Chalaba thing—it is interesting if that's what the club will do. But I definitely think that he uh, would be a good signing for us.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's one of those things where you can—you can play Kunde and Chalaba in the same team if you've got, as Jester said, Zuma leaves the club, you put Aspilacuta into right wing back. Considering we haven't—we've got James and. People are using Hudson Doyle there, but I'm still not convinced completely of him being there um, so you, there is a spot for Asby to go there uh, although I do think he hasn't really got the legs for it but there you go um, so there is there is there is a spot there for both Shalabut and Kunday to be in the same squad and isn't the whole idea of this team is we want good, good depth that provides us good depth and
2: well, competition as well. Yeah, you don't you want a squad where, you you know, if you if you don't play well and the person behind you is doing it in training, they might get the start over you that, you know, competition gives you the best on the field. So if you're having competition where Chaliba is going head to head with Koundé, Christensen's going head to head with uh, Thiago Silva and all of them are, are because they can both, I think. Chalaba and Koundé and Christensen can also play the left side as well. Uh, I know I've seen Christensen play left-center back for Denmark. So if they're all competing, all those center backs are competing to get the best three we can get, then you're going to get a higher level of uh, 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 triplets at the back. And that's for every position. So Reese James and Aspoloquete, we say his, his, his legs are going, which, of course, when you get older, you don't get faster. Uh let's let's get that straight. Um but if if Reese James and is, is competing with Aspie instead of Callum for that position, Reese has to be better because you know that Aspie is gonna be technically sound. And if we have a mobile right center back, Aspie doesn't have to worry about tracking back as much because you'll have that Jules Kounde who is he's got forward like speed or Trevor Chalaba who has a a midfielder type speed sitting there, you know, don't worry about it, Ash, I got this one for you. So you want competition in every position, knowing that if you don't play up to the level that is expected of you, the guy behind you will. And that's why that's where you get a championship team. That's where you get a a a, a dynasty. That's how you win everything is having that competition every day in in practice knowing that I can't let my drive my my level drop ever so I, I think it's a it's a wonderful and beautiful thing and uh I I hope he stays with the squad and I think given the fact he got the number 14 which you usually don't give to somebody you're going to send out I think he's staying with the squad
0: yeah I I I agree totally I mean that's what I always look at When you look at the defence, you have Rudiger who plays in that left centre-back. I'd argue last season we didn't have anyone else that played in there and that's why you saw Zuma play there and fail. You saw other players look to play there and I think that's why you saw players like Malang Saar Tuchel was at the start looking at because he's left-footed. But I do think both Shalaba and Kunde are good with both of their feet so they can play either side. Christensen can play that side. I do think Christensen... He is him and Silver, I think, are the centre pairing because of how they play the ball out from their feet. Um and then you've got Kunde and Shaliber that play on the right hand side, and Shaliber can just play either left or right to cover for both players. So I think you've got for me, you what getting both of them in, you have the perfect defence and the perfect depth to perfect competition to move forward and then if they work out you do not really need to bring in you might not need to bring in another centre back next season or if, if you do, it's not a massive priority. And I think that that's what that's what's good about this football club at the moment. You can't we do have a good academy and while you don't you shouldn't be looking at every single player and thinking that's a definite star and they're definitely gonna get in a squad like people like Guayi and stuff like that. You just need to look and see if Of player does consistently perform, you bring him into the team, and that does save you some money. Um, Unfortunately, not a lot of people actually understand that, but that's the way it is. I think Shalabar, while he hasn't always had the best loan spell, he's starting to pick up and play well. So, I mean, for me, I'll let him run with it, and if he doesn't perform, if he starts dropping off, then maybe we just go. Yeah, maybe you need another loan spell. Maybe we moving on, but obviously that's up to Tugel, that's up to the club. I think I trust them to make the decision because obviously you look at yesterday, I don't think we did fantastic and everyone was moaning and going in uproar because we let him go. So I, I'm just I'm just happy to let the club do their business and see what happens in the in the transfer market. Um and we'll move on to the final topic of this game before we move on to a little bit of transfer stuff. Chelsea yesterday obviously you don't you don't really see them score loads of goals and you, the problem I had with them last season sometimes they just didn't look very ruthless r- ruthless and they they seem to have that ruthlessness yesterday a bit more um Jess, do you think we've got that do you think we've got that ruthlessness at the moment in this team now now we've played more of Tuchel, we've had a pre-season of Tuchel, and Obviously, we still got Lukaku to come in, but do you think we've got that now, where we can play against these smaller teams and get more results now?
2: Well, yeah, I do. I Also, I want to go back to a previous point I made. Everybody out there, whether it be Mason Mount, Kai Havertz, uh, Timo Werner, or Christian Pulisic, are auditioning to play alongside Romelu Lukaku. Okay? So they're, they're like, hey, it's open tryouts right now to be a starter on this team. So again, competition gives you a better product on the field and they all know, hey, I've got I have got to put my marker down. You know, maybe not so much Mason Mount because he he's got he's got credit in the bank. Uh I don't think he should, but whether he does or not we're just going to say that for for uh because it seems to be the way it is because he runs a lot. Um to me, that's why. That's why you saw. Hey, I got to get this goal. Hey, I got to, You know, they 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 knew. You know, another attacker's coming in that puts pushes everybody down on the depth chart. Everybody down on the depth chart because Big Rom is going to start the majority of the games if he's healthy, right? All all the important games he's going to be there, and most of the Premier League games he's going to be there, and to, unless he needs a rest. And, 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 you know, then we'll change things up. So everybody knows, hey, I'm a a position down on the depth chart now. What can I do to show I deserve to be considered in that starting 11 come next uh, Sunday? Well, didn't you see on the field those players that understood? I got to put my marker. I got to show this coach in real game time, not on preseason, what I can do and what I'm about. And that's why we saw a better Chelsea. Plus, you know, Tuchel's a lot higher quality coach than we've had since... Uh, I know some people want to put sorry there, but I, I'm going to say going back to Conte. 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 Yeah, going going back to Conte. Because you can't say Conte, it's Conte. So Conte uh, was
1: definitely the best coach. We had uh, in, in that those times, and I think that Tuchel is nice. It's nice to finally have a, a top one again. It really is. It's it's been a worry since he left, since Conte left. Every time we're getting inferior coaches, but now we've definitely got a better one. Well, the one at the same level as Conte.
0: Yeah, definitely. I mean, Tuchel has been fantastic since he came in. I I I do see that tactical masterclass that we've. We've lacked, but also a way of playing, way in a playing that suits the team. I feel like while Sari did have that way of playing and was, ta- you'd argue tactically askew he just, I just still feel his style was very much against the grain for Chelsea, and it didn't. It took time to bed in, um, but Tuchel's managed to look at it and go, like, "What suits his team, and what suits my tactics?" And he's done that, and now he's. Builder on that throughout the pre season and we're looking like a team that is going to challenge for every competition which is fantastic Marv would you would you agree with that
1: yeah no, I think we could do, I mean we have the capacity to challenge I definitely think that I mean we're at a time where there's no team that looks amazing when we're watching them I mean yeah Liverpool's good City's good uh, but I you know we're at the same level so I, I think the start's going to be very important. If you can get away, you know, like we did in 2010 with like seven out of seven wins or something, then it's there. This is why City did actually win it last year. They started badly, but they had a run where it just all seemed to fall into, into place. So if we can get that early run going and put pressure on the teams and teams, you know, take a while to get going, that could be really good for us. And then we, we've got that advantage. I think that could help us win.
0: Definitely, uh, it's, it's just I'm so happy we've got this team at the moment, and we've got this manager, and it all seems to be clicking well. Um, I think this season is going to be one that we're all going to be happy all the way through. Um, and I, 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 if people may call me too positive, but screw them—they—they they said I was too positive when I said we'd win the Champions League in October, and look what happened. So I'm not—I am not going to. Stop the positivity. I am going to be myself. Um, And that will bring me into obviously what to the reviews of the games. And we'll just go over a few little transfer targets that popped up in the last few days. But first, we'll actually talk about the 13 0 win that we had today against Weymouth. Um, Obviously, this was a behind closed doors game to get some of the guys that came in a bit later a bit more game time, a bit more fitness ready for the Arsenal game. Uh, obviously, we we haven't seen much, but you guys happy with a 13-0 win?
1: Could have been a few more. No, I've not. Who scored? Uh, okay.
0: They didn't... I, I As far as I saw, I did, they didn't really say who, but I think someone said that a right-back scored, a left-winger scored, and a centre-forward, which you can have a guess... That one of them, the, the right back was probably Zappacosta, the striker yeah. was probably Michi Batswe, and I'm just gonna have a look at the lineup now.
2: Michi wasn't there, I don't no. think. He's 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 on his way out.
0: No, so, Michi was involved today apparently.
2: Really? Because I there was. I think, I think he's I pretty much see a pit.
0: I see the picture he, as well.
2: He's I think. The Bistakis, Bistakis, or however you say that.
0: Yeah, I imagine that'll be probably after this. year. I got a picture of Michi involved, so he def- definitely played.
2: Yeah, I I heard Ross Barkley scored nine goals. <laughs> oh god. I, uh, I don't know if somebody's trolling on Twitter or what. But
0: I doubt I very much doubt that, but yeah.
2: I, I I really you know, I I'm I'm guessing I know that this is not American football, but American football have are, are what's called pro days where you can go, actually, that all the general managers go and watch, uh, you know, may, most of the time it's quarterbacks work out to see what they look like, you know, firsthand. And so I imagine that, that that's there was some invited guests to that game to look at some of the Deadwood that played that game along with some of the starters. To get them moved on uh so you know your Mitchis, your Barkley, your drink water your zappacosta um uh you know you don't wouldn't say that with tiago i i understand he was involved that was to get him some time but um yeah i you know anytime you hear chelsea win you're not gonna go oh well that's not good so <laughs> I If it's a a preseason game, a friendly, uh, you know, inter-squad scrimmage, you want to know that Chelsea won, right? So I'm not going to say anything. It's just I hope that we can move some more of this Deadwood out, which Marina has been brilliant in. Uh, So I guess we can go right into the transfer thing, huh?
0: Yes. I mean, the rumored goal scorers, I've seen a post about it, that Barkley's got a hat-trick. Thiago Silva got one. Reese James got two. Hudson-Odoi got two. So, you know, the show stands are going to be going on about how you scored more than Pulisic this season, even though it was Weymouth. Uh, Batshuayi scored two. Zappacosta got one. Chilwell got one. Emerson got one. So, Steak's going to be happy that Barkley got a hat-trick. Ross the boss. I'm guessing he'll go on about that for a while. Um, cool. And you, you've got to say, for the likes of Ampadu and Zuma... Oh, you're not scoring any goals.
2: everybody else did.
0: Yeah, but
2: well, and and I would just tell Joe stands. You know, if you're scoring against Weymouth, he's got a couple goals. That's brilliant. Maybe that's his level.
0: <laughs> oh, they're, they're, don't don't start don't start triggering because <laughs> they're they're gonna they're gonna come they're gonna come at you with the comments. But I know you can take it. So
2: yeah.
0: But anyway, um, we'll move we'll move on to couple of the transfer topics obviously you mentioned Michi he's very close to joining Basiktas I assume after this game he'll get that all done and we'll probably hear it early next week do you both think that's a good move
1: yeah good sale.
0: yeah I mean I think we get I think as rumored between eight and ten million euros so obviously it's not much but anything is good for this transfer budget to go into the fund of kunde and if we do decide to get a defensive midfielder um which is still up to debate whether we will get it done or not um the second one to go over is obviously T- Tammy Abraham looks like he's accepted his deal to Roma uh he was he landed in Italy this afternoon has passed his medical and is putting some final paperwork down and that could be announced tomorrow uh, it's a 35 million pound 35 million euro fee um and then five million of add-ons and a rumored 80 million euro buyback pause marv do you i know you don't really rate tammy that high but do you think that's a good deal for chelsea
1: uh it's definitely a good sale um Obviously, if he becomes amazing in those four years, then that'll be, uh, you know, probably less than paying ridiculous money to bring him back. But I'd hope that, that that would have been a bit lower. But yeah, no, I mean, hopefully he does really well there.
0: Yeah, I mean, there was there was rumours that it was a €55 million Euro release clause, so it could be something in between that. You never know, really. With journalists, they keep saying different things, so you can't really judge them. But I think it's a good deal. Uh, Justice, do you think it's a good deal?
2: Uh, it's a brilliant deal. Um, I think that he'll find success in Serie I I don't think that Tammy Abraham, as of right now, is at Chelsea level where we need to be, where we're going. Will he ever be? Time will tell. I have, an, I have kind of a feeling that maybe he won't ever get to that level. Uh, he is 23. He's been on multiple loans. He is what he is. Um, so time will tell. I could be wrong. You know, wouldn't be the first time, won't be the last, but I just I just feel that it's a great piece of business. And with that transfer, I believe we've all but paid for Romelu Lukaku, which means we're at a net zero spend. So all of these players saying, hey, all these other fans saying, oh, you're spending so much money. We're at a net zero spend, folks. Net zero, which means we didn't put not one penny in the red. If anything, right now, we're we're in the green. So, um, you know that's why we can do the Kooma Day deal and a and Mini deal if that comes about, because we really haven't spent any money, zero, and that's props to the lioness of London, you know that sexy ninja in Prada, Miss Marina Granaskaya, who should have a trophy, not a trophy, but a statue out front of of uh, Stamford Bridge.
0: Definitely. I mean she's she's doing very well at the moment. She's made a few mistakes um in the past. But she's she's learnt well on the job and yeah, you can't you can't complain at the moment. Um obviously I, I, I do agree with you in terms of the fact that I I don't think he's gonna get quite to Chelsea level. I think he's always I think he's gonna be just that step below where he's he'll play for a Champions League team, uh A Liverpool, like someone who's fighting for third, fourth place, but not fighting for a Champions League win, uh, a trophy, a league. I think he's just going to be just below that, which it's not a bad level to be at, and I think he will do well for his career. Will score a lot of goals. Might have a good career for England, depending on how that is actually run by the FA, because I feel it's not being run very well. But there you go. Um, But sometimes you just got to admit it's not Chelsea level. But if he does, I think. The way Chelsea are putting buyback clauses into most of these players now, it's allowing us to not have to pay ridiculous fees like Lukaku uh, to bring them back because obviously a lot of people have been bantering, saying, oh, you sold him for this much and you bought him for this much. But then, obviously, we'd argue the, the whole net spend of sold, we've spent absolutely nothing. But, you know, fans are fickle, so they won't, they won't understand that. But... I think Chelsea, the way Chelsea... I think this is probably one of the best summers we've had in a long while in terms. It's not just buyers, but selling as well. Uh, a couple more to go just before we finish. Obviously, Ugbo looks like he's going to finalise his move to Genk. Um, obviously, it's not, again, it's now a €5 million Euros in the bank. Um, do you guys think Ugbo will do all right in the Belgium League? Obviously, he's done very well last season. Do you think he'll make a career of himself?
1: definitely
2: possible and uh we've mm-hmm. got a good bit of money from him as well so yeah hopefully yeah uh that i think that uh sure uh, and i uh, i wish him all the best uh matt miasca is also gone to alvez i believe that's yeah, me i did a done notice deal. that yeah that's so i think that's that'll be one on, one
0: of the on books. loan and i think i think it's on loan actually
2: yeah and then Nick kennedy looks to be going to flamingo yeah, uh, that's, for a loan uh, with the option to buy.
0: Yeah, I think it's 10 million euros option to buy. Which I'd I'd like it to be an obligation, but you can never put that in because obviously, yeah. if he gets injured, then they're screwed. But even if they don't, I mean, with Matt Miazga, I think he's looking to extend his deals for, by a little bit. So it's always one of the things where next summer we can sell him on, and that will contribute to the net spend next summer. So we need to get more money for next summer. Right.
2: Um, yeah, I, I, I still expect uh, Bakioko
0: to go. Yeah, um, I mean, that was the last thing I was going to talk about. Obviously, Leon have come in, and uh, there was another club, I think, in the French League that are looking at him. So then we may get a bit of more. You never know. We might get a little bit more money out of him, because I think apparently Leon do want to buy him rather than loan him with an option to buy, which
2: is always nice. Um, but yeah, how, how, how much would you want for Bakioko Jesters? Bag of crisps. And some smokes. I I really don't. I don't rate the guy in in Premier League. So um, for me, if we get fifteen million pound for him, I'm good. See you. Wouldn't want to be you. Don't let the uh, door hit you or the good Lord split you. Have a nice life. The question is, what what back at crisps? Uh, Walkers or a lays or is it Tesco Value crisp? Oh, yeah, I'd take Tesco Value crisp. <laughs>
1: They're good. <laughs> They're underrated. Those Tesco Valley, Chris, the cheese and onion ones are really nice.
0: They're not, they're not bad, to be fair. Not bad. I'm not saying they're bad. I'm just saying they're cheap. Very cheap. I mean, Marv, is there any fee you would want? Or yeah. Would you around them about away for
1: fifteen? <clears throat> around about 15, I'm one of the few people that actually does like the player. I think he's still quite okay. Um, <clears throat> but just couldn't really adjust to the speed of the game here. Seem to be one of the biggest issues with him. He's got a nice little bit of skill. He's a good ball winner. <clears throat> I don't think he's useless. I don't think he's as bad as some of the players we're trying to ship out. I don't think he's as bad as Barkley and, and people like that. I, I think for some, uh, and also he's a success in the French League. His last performance in the French League was tipping PSG with uh, Monaco. So I think Lyon would get a fairly okay player for that. I don't think we should sell five, three million. I think we can get, get 15, something like that, and I think it would represent a fairly decent sale.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm kind of in the middle of you guys. I kind of... I do just want to get rid of him. But I do understand that. I think it is one of them things where he just doesn't fit the Premier League. And I think he's got that mental block. As soon as he puts on the Chelsea shirt, he's finished. He just plays so differently to how he plays elsewhere. Whether it's against a Premier League team or whether it's against an Irish team. I mean, I, I, I do argue on his loan spells, he's he's been good but just not that good enough for a manager to go and spend the money on him. That's that's my issue. Um but yeah, if if we can get him to go to Leon for a, a fair price, I'd probably say around ten million euros would be a nice nice price for me and then just let it go. We've we've got a good again, more wage off the wage bill, more money into a transfer fee and we can go on and build this team that will be a dynasty for us, I believe. And I mean that rounds up all the transfer news, rounds up all the reviews, and rounds up another wonderful pod with you guys. Uh obviously Marv, my co host, thank you for coming on. Awesome. And luckily I didn't have any coughing many coffin fits. Uh when I did, it was when you guys were talking. So you didn't have to cover for me at all. But thank you for coming on.
1: Thank you as well. It's been great being on. Thanks, my friend. And Just as always, I
0: love your work, great. Right? You're always free for me. Thank you for coming
2: on. I uh, appreciate you having me on. I hope we didn't rib you too much. Uh, I was trying not to rib you. Um, but you know, you, you got the Mick rib ribbed for his and her pleasures and your ribs. So fair play. I hope you feel better.
0: Thank you for all the rib related jokes. I appreciate that a lot. And everyone, thank you for listening. Obviously, you know where you can find us on Spotify. On Apple Podcast, you can find our articles on that on Twitter at WWC pod articles, and keep keep listening in. We'll have a hopefully an Arsenal preview out. We'll probably get one of these guys on, and possibly a special guest who will be an Arsenal fan. Um, so we'll we'll see how that goes, and we'll have a nice debate on how much of a banter club Arsenal are, which is a lot. <laughs> to, but uh, we'll,
2: we'll wait and see, and we'll tune in again.